0: <clears throat> uh <coughs> oh, oh,
1: our podcast within a podcast pottering around the made-up final exam prediction of Mangum Reads. We are three muggles who have no need for a midnight astronomy exam. Thank you very much. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-host BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing?
0: Doing well, Sarah. Thoroughly amused at your summaries of these <laughs> chapters.
1: <laughs> Just like to give you a little preview in the in the uh-huh. intro. Uh-huh. Um, so we have... We have are on um, chapter 16 of the third Harry Potter book, uh, Professor Trelawney's Prediction. And we have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid fire recap. We have BJ's wizard wheezes. Newbie's Notes with Spencer, we award house points, and then there are um, questions and queries, which I couldn't imagine what you might have to ask about in this chapter <laughs> moving forward. So we it's might as well just clear. skip that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, clear good. as good.
0: a crystal ball. Yes. Well said. <laughs>
1: um, so, are we ready for the recap?
0: Assuming you two are, in terms of setting a time limit and accomplishing it.
2: BJ? Yeah. So, um, I mean, this is quite a bit, well, maybe technically shorter than, than our previous chapter. A little bit more happens. Um, I'm going to say, I think, two minutes, okay. but I'm going to guess that you're right around 2.05. Okay.
1: I am going to put my bet in for my time. Um, mm. Well, I'm on a roll now. <laughs> I've successfully you, done this you've once. You've got ten so. points. You're
0: riding high. <laughs> Um, you, you, you can't go <laughs> negative or even down to zero this round. You can't lose that many points.
1: Oh, that makes me feel good. Okay, then I am putting in a bet on how long this is going to take me, despite the fact that I have absolutely no idea. Um, I am going to say one minute and 56 seconds. Okay.
0: <clears throat> well, the giant novelty stopwatch is here and ready, it, assuming you are. So
2: what did you turn, what animal did you turn into your stopwatch?
0: What... It, <laughs> I only wish I had, again, I'm the Neville of this group. I, if, if, even if I had that kind of goal, it would have been something entirely different.
1: <laughs> so you have just a regular muggle stopwatch that you're dealing with?
0: <laughs> it could fully explain why my rabbit hates me so much.
1: Hmm. Well, on that note.
2: <laughs> don't, don't feel too harried by your hair.
1: Mmm. Mm. While everyone is euphoric over the Quidditch win, they do seem to have forgotten the salient details of exams coming up. In fact, Fred, George, and Percy are meant to have been preparing for their OWLS and NEWTS, respectively. But Hermione seems to have at least two exams in every time slot each day and doesn't seem to think that's odd. A note from Hagrid says Buckbeak's Buckbeak's appeal is meant to happen at um, at the school, and don't worry, they'll bring the executioner, Ron is livid. Exams are upon them, and they um, sort of fuss over their results, turning teapots into tortoises for transfiguration, over-enthusiastic cheering charms, and not killing flubberworms for an hour. Potions was a bit of a disaster, but Defense Against the Dark Arts is a very cool-sounding obstacle course that Harry aces. Hermione does have trouble with the boggart, and it's exactly what Ron said it would be. Then Cornelius Fudge is there for the appeal, with an executioner standing ready, but they've got uh, to get to their divina- divination exam, where they're asked to do an individual crystal ball reading for Trelawney when it's Harry's turn, he waffles a bit before spinning a tale of Buckbeak surviving and flying away, which Trelawney finds not only unlikely, but sort of disappointing. As Harry is leaving though, Trelawney goes into a previously unknown real prediction voice and tells Harry that the servant, chained for 12 years, will break free and return to the Dark Lord tonight. Harry's rattled, Trelawney doesn't remember anything about it. But before he can tell Ron and Hermione, Buckbeak has lost his appeal. Harry sends Hermione to retrieve his invisibility cloak from the passage, and they sneak down to Hagrid's after dinner. Hagrid is mad, but ultimately pleased to see them, and Hermione makes a pot of tea. In the milk jug, she discovers Scabbers, who is looking even more worn than ever, but Dumbledore, Fudge, and the committee are on their way, so Ron shoves Scabbers in his pocket and they head out the back. They hurry up the hill to the castle, but Scabbers won't stay stay still, delaying them long enough to hear the thud of the axe.
0: Keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. Um,
1: and then uh, everyone is very sad.
0: <laughs> great, great ending. You made it. You made it with it. You were a half second out.
1: Oh, like, no,
0: I'm giving you that. I'm not okay. taking that away from
1: you. Yeah, round up, Spencer, round up.
0: Yes, rounding up, you made it. Well done.
1: <laughs> I you will take that. So I was at 153, is that right?
0: Uh, you had to get in 153. You were 151 and in minutes, in little, little <laughs> additions. So, with, I, with your and everybody was sad. <laughs> you made it over. Well done.
1: Thank you. Twenty,
0: 20 points. Very You're impressive. 20 points <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So I mean, a lot of stuff does happen in this chapter. I do like how exams are always just sort of glazed over <laughs> in this series that is purportedly about a school, but whatever.
2: Um, Supposedly. Supposedly. About a school.
1: Supposedly. Um, Um, So, BJ, what are you wheezing about, um, apart from the fact that my score might have been a little
2: cornelius fudged at this
1: exact moment?
2: (laughs) It's fine. Um, So, how do students get sunburns in a greenhouse? This isn't
1: the time for questions, BJ.
2: (laughs) I understand, but this is my wizard wheezing, and I can ask... Questions that don't have a reasonable answer um, because this is not a question about the Harry Potter world. this is just it makes me frustrated that this is a clear and simple mistake that well I don't is I, in there
1: so I wouldn't have realized that you couldn't get a sunburn in a greenhouse because it I doesn't mean, like block UV rays or anything.
2: It does as much as any other window does
1: well yeah, but haven't you ever gotten a sunburn if you've been like driving?
2: Only if I have the window down.
1: Hmm.
2: I've got I've gotten a sunburn while driving before.
1: I think I have too. I mean, I think that if you have very pale pasty English skin.
2: And you should,
1: you essentially <laughs> I really shouldn't be able,
2: like maybe in really old cars, but like any <laughs> more modern car, like you shouldn't be able, like if you have your arm out the window or something, but you could also be warm and then just have red skin because the sun was beating on your Possibly. skin. But sure. like, it, it wouldn't actually be like a sunburn, you'd just be flushed. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe I... that's what she was intending. Maybe. Possibly. But it bothered me. <laughs> um, and that's what this is all about.
0: It, it's also not like our students have even the most basic understanding of medicine. Yes. Any
2: of it could be waved about and cured to the wand. So to follow that up, we have a description that again, frustrated me um the black moustached man was fingering something at his belt harry looked and saw that he was running one broad thumb along the blade of a shiny axe so either the axe is comically small <laughs> or like something completely nonsensical is happening uh in terms yeah. of like what's about to happen with this executioner's axe like Harry's understanding of like what things are in the world it's just all of these things it's like oh he was playing something at his belt oh it's a massive executioner's axe well that's what it is Mm -hmm. okay now I understand if it's off camera it doesn't exist they couldn't see it until it suddenly appeared (laughs) wait so you're saying that everybody is some sort of dinosaur
0: (laughs) again. The dinosaurs didn't die they put on capes and wizard hats and disappeared to the wisting world
1: I will say that this is (laughs) um, this is another one of those moments where uh, the movies have actually gotten this better uh, Mm -hmm. where McNair is just standing with one of the like giant executioner's axes posted on the ground like you would expect death with a scythe to be doing Mm.
2: yeah
1: um, because yeah, to kill a hippogriff in one stroke, you need a pretty damn big ax yeah. and the, you are correct that the relative sizes of things do not make sense in this moment. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, like, I also would completely understand like a miniature ax that, that they carry around and then mm-hmm. like make it bigger. I don't know. There's gotta be like an Elargioso spell um
1: i think it's in gorgio but yes
2: oh god oh, that is is it really
0: <laughs> i was already chuckling but that is just you've crossed a line
2: um you have to deftly wield your wand to get an gorgioso spell mm-hmm. done right um and oh. to to the previous uh chapter we also have a very interesting highlight this time around <laughs> um which is try as harry might he couldn't get his confusing concoction to thicken not that that um, has anything to do with anything, and Snape standing watching, uh, standing watch with an air of underlined vindictive pleasure, scribbled something that looks suspiciously like a zero onto his notes before moving away. Um, and honestly, the highlight starts at vindictive pleasure and ends at like.
0: Mm-hmm. That's bizarre. It's again, it's, I don't have it in front of It's like three thousand people highlighted that. Uh, it's almost 5,000. What is going on?
1: Why, why are these individual little sections being highlighted? This is making me even more glad that I read the physical copies of the books, because this sounds enraging. Like,
0: what, what, what point am I missing? <laughs> I, I mean, want to be part of the continuum. You're please. just being
1: gaslit by... <laughs> I've definitely papers. had
2: some yes. of these things where people have like, written and underlined things in pencil in books, yeah. and I'm just like, why do you care about that? That's oh yes. Silly. I I've one used copy
0: of where pretty much every chapter there was one, there was like three words that were underlined with a marker on the side saying very important that I could never understand the importance of it all. <laughs> that was a frustrating unit to
2: study for. That's very weird. It almost reminds me of the people that I know that highlight literally everything just in different colors. What's the point? Oh, God. What's the point? Like, What what are you doing?
0: Yeah. At that point, you're just inviting yourself to reread the chapter for preparation for the test.
2: Yeah. Um, The other thing that that struck me as somewhat interesting, and I wonder if this is uh, a thing that holds up, is they seem to start things surprisingly late, which is a fairly nice nod to them being teenagers and not wanting to start doing things at like 6.30 or 7 in the morning. But mm-hmm. it seems like everything sort of starts for, for them at nine. We well, can't miss breakfast.
1: Yeah. I think they have like an eight thirty breakfast and then I think they, yeah, I think they probably start their classes at nine.
2: And also very interesting that they have lunch. Mm-hmm. And so that really tells you a little bit as to where JK Rowling is from. And yeah. <laughs>
0: You're, you're, you're also dealing with a community that the dangers of them being hangry are possibly lethal to those around them, given the skills that they can wield, so keeping a ready intake of
2: calories into them is probably a important part of public safety.
1: Just keep feeding them.
2: I mean, that might be really why Hufflepuffs are sorted into Hufflepuff, it's just like we're worried about your magic manifestation if you're hungry, so we're gonna put you next to the kitchens. We don't care about your personality, we just care about keeping Hogwarts intact.
0: I feel like you're assigning certain theories you have to me to Hufflepuff unfairly, but I know, I'll go with it.
2: I mean, it wasn't specifically about you. (laughs) not every Hufflepuff thing is about you just mostly <laughs> <of the laughs> Hermione things what the, the, well. there, there is a Venn diagram of Hufflepuff qualities and Hermione qualities and where you fit in is predominantly Hermione
1: <laughs> but it is squarely in the middle of them
0: yes, yes. there is unquestionable overlap uh, any other points BJ? Uh,
2: no I think that I am wheezed out okay
0: well, this chapter opens with something I find both fascinating and very frustrating about these books is that J.K. Rowling has a tendency to just offer fantastical things in the background mm. and then move immediately on. This story starts with gobstones and giant squids and never returns to them. Just like, and okay, those are, the- I want to paint a picture for you and those are there. Mm-hmm. Moving on to what I actually want to talk about, it's like, wait, 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 can, can we go back for a second? <laughs> You're making me highlight, thi- highlight and underline things to later come back to. <laughs> You've never pointed out these things before, as far as I know. Okay, we'll just move on then.
1: Well, Gobstones, Spencer, is very much like Marbles, um, except that uh, if you make a wrong move or you lose, the Gobstones um, spit out a nasty
2: smelling liquid in your
1: face.
0: Why does anyone want to play these games? Why do people gravitate towards these? There They're are unpleasant.
2: All sorts of games that that are actual games in the real world that are kind of like that. There's, there's like a game pie where, game? yeah, the pie game, it's, it's a hand with like whipped cream in it and you, two people put their faces on either end and you basically hit a, a thing and it goes one way or the other and eventually hits somebody in the face and I assume you can either do like whipped cream or shaving cream, probably more shaving cream cause depending on how long the game goes, the whipped cream might Ew. just puddle.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, worst case scenario with that, you get a snack. It's not like you were actively exposed to a skunk. No,
1: we're playing yeah. for high stakes at Hogwarts, Spencer. I don't know what to yes. tell you. I, I mean, but like also, playing...
2: all basically ninety percent of negative consequences at Hogwarts are just gross. Yes, Gro- yeah. gross
1: or
0: immediately painful,
1: but ultimately fixable
2: mm.
1: for the most part.
0: Uh, I'm gonna mix in a few of my questions here just because they kind of go in with it. But okay. is that really what Newts stands for?
1: Yes, the Nastily Exhausting Wizarding Tests.
0: Man, they need to work on a rebranding when it comes to this. You aren't just stressing your students out (laughs) unnecessarily if they're going towards that.
1: I mean,
2: it's also clearly a bad backronym.
0: Okay, they wanted newts. This is the best they could think of. Okay, the English language is broad. There's a lot of other opportunities, I'm sure, that they could have pondered out. The Nastily Exhausting Wizarding Tests, I'm sure, is accurate but you're gonna give your students a syndrome if this is what they're expecting to be going through.
1: Again, this feels very British.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes it does. Uh, Again, Hermione, why are you still hiding the ball? We get it, you have a secret. The exams are passing. Did McGonagall swear you to secrecy? Why is this still a thing that is being kept hidden this long into the story? And Sarah, how far am I removed from Harry, from Hermione's secret? Because I can only take so much more.
1: Um, let me count chapters while you continue on. It's
2: like three chapters. Yeah. Uh, um, um, oh, They'll so tell me every chapter, I'm sure. Your complaints about the newts does remind me of another wheeze that I had, <laughs> and a Spencer hole that I went down. Oh. Um, though it was much shallower than I had hoped. Um, there was a recent Reddit post about somebody saying that eye of newt is just a term for mustard seeds. And that all of the, like, Witches, Brews, and Eye of Newton, Wing of Bat were just, like, other names for- Just
0: misunderstandings?
2: (laughs) Relatively common items, like different herbs or or spices. Hmm. Which was, I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Like, I could see that being a thing. Um, and the source led to a blog post that Mm -hmm. was a lot longer and somewhat entertaining read that. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And that had no references. Oh no. And basically the only thing that 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 really comes up when you go a little bit further is the Reddit post and the blog post. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Not quite the Spencer hole you thought you were getting into.
2: Right. And, a well, well th- then there was like a similar mess that, that was within the comment of the blood is thicker than water mess that the uh correction that like blood of the womb is thicker than uh and going to some like weird mess there and then apparently the blood of the covenant is thicker than water of the womb um apparently was uh some rabbi giving a sermon Mm -hmm. um and it's just like this whole mess of it would have been very entertaining to have all of these magical things and you know, even particularly in Harry Potter, have some relation to the real world, so it could entertainingly come together? And I think the answer is no. Kind of like Dubstep and (laughs) the news. (laughs) Anyway. It
0: it, it would be great if at some point where they're completing the most elaborate potion and Hermione reaches up and just grabs some paprika to finish it off with. That'd be lovely. But continuing on, I have to say, the executioner arriving on site for the appeal is the most judge power move ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If if, if there ever were a circumstance where the judge actively brought the electric chair into the room to complete the sentencing process, it it would pretty clearly telegraph who is in charge in this room. And it seems to be the Committee on Magical Creatures has adopted a similar philosophy. It doesn't give you much of a hope of, you know, due process in this world. (laughs) Or at least, I, I guess, on the best look, it's just a clear demonstration of magic of magical world efficiency.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Doesn't give you much in the way of hope, though. One thing I had kind of forgotten about is that Harry isn't that classic uh, that classic fantasy or mythology character moment of where all of the magical artifacts he's been gifted with have been taken away from him, and he's left to do without them. He's left to demonstrate his own skills, his own knowledge that he's gained while using these magical artifacts. And that is a very classic, cl- classical hero, uh, that is a very archetypical classical hero moment. It was interesting to see that he's at that point in the story. Because, as far I believe Snape purloined the uh, Marauder's Map, and... That was...
1: Lupin
2: uh, has it now. Lupin.
0: That's right, Lupin has it now. Mm-hmm. And his Cloak of Invisibility is still, well, up until a later point in this chapter, is locked away. So, there is a moment of when Harry has to actually work off his own devices and my only thought with realizing that was oh, they're all going to die without without these magical artifacts I don't know how they would have succeeded at any point in the story, so it's a lucky thing he gets back at least one before he's done because I don't know if they know how to succeed without these Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to discuss and get your thoughts on the three tests we have clearly set out in this chapter of comparing Hagrid's test, Lupin's test, and Trelawney's test because they're all, they're all each their own separate variety of bullshit. But well, we get Snape's test too, sort of. I, sort of. It's not, it's not described in as great detail. I mean, his, is, his doesn't seem to be that different from just a regular class.
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's true.
0: true. Um, whereas Hagrid's test, let's see if I got this right. Hagrid's test is keep your worms alive for the hour.
1: And they thrive most on being left alone, so yes.
0: Well done. Uh, Lupin's test is this kind of we, uh, interesting obstacle course slash practical learning experience of wielding what he's taught them to survive a maze and series of uh, threats to them. Mm-hmm. And Trelawney's is make up the best shit that you
2: think I want to hear. Mm-hmm. So all of them are on brand.
0: <laughs> very much
2: so. I guess I didn't expect to be expect Lupin to be so immensely competent as. A teacher, mm-hmm. a Defense Against the Dark Arts professor, just sort of all of the things, and him not to have been tapped before this. Yeah, it, we,
0: well, at this point I'm just not even working under the assumption anymore. It's been pretty much almost explicitly stated that Lupin has certain conditions that interfere with his ability to regularly teach, one of which being turning into what I would assume based on any other medium is a dangerously murderous beast of certain lunar cycles. Uh, so that's a factor. Also it seems to be that even with various concoctions that are being prepared for him he's barely able to get through the day to maintain his classes so
2: there may just be health issues that interfere there. Yeah, yeah still,
1: and uh, go ahead.
2: I was going to say still better than some of the previous ones. <laughs> so, well, <Fair>. yes,
0: <laughs> actively affiliated with the dark lord is where we started these books. So yeah, working from there. But it, it is interesting that so his test is as you guys said very much on brand of where he is built around I'm going to teach you practical skills that you can wield to best assist you in the work. And I feel like that's the only, he's the only professor that actually realizes, you know, practical learning has a value compared to the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Hermione continues to be just utterly barely conscious in the state of overwhelm that she is. The Prime Minister of the Magical World shows up to appear before the appeal at Execution. <laughs> Why? Just, he is the most powerful
2: magical figure in Britain, and he's just here? Well... Yeah. There, I would guess that there are some other things going on with the Dementors that he, that he should show up every so often because yeah. I assume not many people can wield such Demented power.
0: It raises practical questions about what power he actually wields. About is he, as a result of his position, position of office, very magically powerful, or is it purely just a practical arrangement of he asked and they agreed? I don't know. I find at least, I find either of those terrifying in their own unique ways, and I don't think the books have really clearly explained yet, other than that he had the ability to ask and assign them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hermione... There, do we ever get to see Wizarding Elections?
1: Not directly,
2: no. Okay. Sorry, Spencer.
0: No, no problem. It's an, it's an interesting question. Uh, Taralini's prediction is the kind of frustrating prophecy bullshit that I can never stand, and that it is immediately subject to varied interpretations
1: so i think it's also worth i mean i obviously didn't do it in my let's read it out let's read it out let's sorry this is like the english teacher let's go back to the text
2: No, (laughs) it's important before we do that i just want to reiterate my severe disappointment that Trelawney was not played by the uh fortune-telling uh arcade from big that, that, that
0: quarter machine that gives you the, for, the fortune. Yes. <laughs> okay.
1: I'm trying to find. So it. I've got it. The full prophecy, okay. and I won't. I won't do it in uh, real prophecy voice, but um, <laughs> prophecy Aww. is um, or pre- prediction, I suppose. The dark lord lies alone and friendless, abandoned by his followers. His servant has been chained these twelve years. Tonight, before midnight. The servant will break free and set out to rejoin his master. The Dark Lord will rise again with his servant's aid, greater and more terrible than ever he was. Tonight, before midnight, the servant will set out to rejoin his master.
2: Interesting. We have a different version.
1: Really? What, uh,
2: what is our uh, Slightly. So uh, tonight before midnight, the servant will break free and set out to rejoin his master. The, the Dark Lord will rise again. With his servants' aid, greater and more terrible than ever before.
1: Oh, instead of than ever he was. Yeah. Huh. That's an interesting change.
2: It's and. it's a nonsensical change. Yeah. D- did do they really just think Americans wouldn't get it?
1: Well, I mean, but my, oh. hold on, let me look at my version of it because I think I'm into my American version. Yeah, this was printed in the USA.
0: So this is unique to the Kindle
1: difference then. Yeah, mine is the first American edition. Huh.
2: I wonder, that is, is it supposed to rhyme? No. No. Well, there's no, rhyme or, there's no rhyme or
0: rhythm to it. Huh. Okay, that is odd.
1: That is very strange. Hmm.
0: <laughs> well, th- <laughs> this is clearly a prophecy that, you know, Harry immediately interprets this as being a prophecy entirely about Sirius Black. Mm-hmm. But there's aspects of this that don't make necessarily sense for that. That the servant will break free, and tonight before midnight, the servant will break free and set out to rejoin his master? Sirius there- is Sirius trapped? We haven't seen any reason to believe such. Rejoin his master doesn't seem to be part of his goal either, unless Harry's his master. That'd be a hell of a friggin' twist. So, again, it's the nature of all prophecies that all well, all useful prophecy, prophecies within fantasy text, or in text in general, in that it is immediately subject to vari- varieties of interpretation, and gives both the person making the prophecy and the author, author an opportunity to feel smug when something comes to fruition <laughs> that can be explained
2: within the light of it. So... If you were to compare this prophecy to uh, The Bear, the Bear, and the Maiden Fair... That's, that's, that's not a prophecy, it's just a song that mirrors what happens in the text. Right, but there are certain parts of that that are given some weight of prophecy in terms of that character. Sure. Which do you think is more frustrating?
0: They're each frustrating in their own way. In some ways I appreciate with <laughs> George R. Martin that he'll often give us a prophecy so damn early that it becomes irrelevant in our minds by the time it actually plays out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, when Danny wanders to the House of Undying in the books, she sees prophecies that directly inform events that are going to happen over the course of the next two or three books mm-hmm. in a way that we, in, neither she, they're irrelevant to her. She plays no role in them whatsoever. And they're irrelevant to us at the time in a way that we can no longer even see them.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: the key, and it's a key repeated element for George R. R. Martin that prophecy is... Unreliable in a way that often leads you to fault and danger. Mm -hmm. It's not even—it's unreliable. Even if it's accurate, it's useless to you. It's like magic. It's a sword. It's a sword without a without a handle. You're just by grabbing it, you're threatening yourself more than you're actually getting anything useful out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Here, prophecy is mostly meant to taunt the reader, I think. And that's fine, (laughs) and it works, and it makes Trelawney all the more frustrating of a character. (laughs) But we've not seen prophecies yet in these books, and we very possibly will in the future, that cross books. Most of the prophecies we see very much are entered and resolved within text. Mm -hmm. Um, In a way, I I could be wrong about that, we could see certain ones play out differently as we go forward, but arc prophecies aren't what these books are built around the same way that George R. R. Martin has built his books. I think they just have something different, a different purpose assigned to them
2: and i I think that might be an audience thing like sure it it would be very unkind to a 13 year old to give them a prophecy that they will then come again across at when they're like 17 Mm -hmm. towards the end of the books even here when prophecies are done early in the text
0: they were reminded of them again before they come to fruition which is useful in terms of keeping track uh, do, do, do. so yes, that's willfully ambiguous shit thank you Trelawney, always helpful uh, Hermione being just utterly tired of everyone's waffling and shit is being, is really delightful <laughs> of Where they're all just cavilling about okay, oh, do we, what are we getting to do The, the cape, the, our cloak of invisibility is locked away somewhere, and Snape is watching what are we going to do, and before the, while they're even talking, before they end the conversation, Hermione just walks out and gets it, brings it back it's just like, who are you that's replaced <laughs> the, the Hermione from the earlier books She is done with everyone's shit. No, she has come into her own, and everyone's just kind of intrigued by her. And I was like, okay, we had kind of pigeonholed you as who you were, and now you're really demonstrating, you know, character growth Mm -hmm. outside of that. And we're
2: still struggling to really play catch-up in that regard. I think she's too tired to be anxious, and so just things happen. Uh,
0: I said in the last chapter that Hagrid being depressed but trying to keep together was sad, just even in terms of his letter now we get to see that Hagrid in person and my heart's breaking for the man mm-hmm. for he is trying so tough to be strong for Buckbeak he's trying so hard to give him a one last great day to not give him any clue that anything's wrong so he can enjoy the experience and that's just, that's really sad that is really a guy trying to do a solid for a friend that he really cares about despite how much emotional turmoil is he's just wrapped up inside Hagrid's dying here before us but he's trying to hide it for the sake of a friend and that's really rough and is only going to give it rougher now that the execution goes forward. And, you know, I would have lost money on that. I was expecting some last-second reprieve, Dumbledore swooping in, them, you know, fleeing with the thing. I don't know. I was expecting some way out of this, and it didn't happen. So that's unexpected. It reminds me again, these are surprisingly dark children's books. Sometimes bad things happen, and we just adjust to that. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what state Hagrid's gonna be afterwards, and my heart goes out for him. In terms of things that also caught me off guard, Scabbers, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are you
1: in a milk bottle? Why are you in a sealed milk bottle? What's going on? I think he on? was in the jug. He was in the jug that she was yeah. going to pour the milk into. Although I had to read that twice today to make sure that I was getting it right. Even that. <laughs> what are you doing there? Why?
0: Why are you starving in the locked, caught in the little jug? Spencer, this do you smell makes... a rat? <laughs> I do smell a rat. It's like, did Crook catch you and then put you in the bottle for the sake of later (laughs) torment? What? I I don't know. I'm I'm confused. I fully expected him to return alive because, again, superhero rules. Unless you've got a signed death certificate and a body and the ashes of that body after you incinerate it, they're not really dead. But this is not what I expected. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, So, yeah, that kind of finishes up my notes. We can go on to who wins or loses this chapter, and I've got a nominee for one of those.
1: Uh, yeah, I think we have a very clear, <laughs> we have set this up appropriately, clear loser of the chapter, Hagrid, the, this <laughs> on the worst of all possible days.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is rough. This is, a yeah. good, this is a good guy that is trying to be as mature, he's trying to be mature outside of his ability to be mature, so as to, so to help his friend go through this. And the whatever the after effects of this are, they're not gonna be great.
1: Mm-mm. No, very bad day for him. Winner is I a little bit unclear to me. I'd like some thoughts from you all on who actually had a good day.
2: Hermione did pretty well. She yeah. just like did things. Like there were, she didn't have that much I mean, well, I don't know. So she didn't she probably got a B on her defense against the Dark Arts. I mean oh, if you can't do a say bugger.
1: Such
2: <laughs> And I don't think that's the only
0: one, based on the few things she said. I think she's going for some Bs, B-pluses, and A-minuses. And I, again, I don't know how she's going to cope with that.
1: Not great. Not great. We'll have to...
0: Yeah.
1: Have to
2: see.
0: I, I'm going um, um, to put Lupin forward. Yeah. That okay. We, we see the respect the other students have for him, and we see his skill as a teacher clearly laid out, and the tests clearly go according to plan as, and well. He, this is something that was, rather than last second, was clearly thought out on his part, and it executes perfectly.
1: Yeah, and I think that we could say, although this is again off camera, so it can't be our ultimate winner of the episode. But like, Lucius Malfoy got what he was going for.
2: Yeah, yeah. The thing happened. I think it doesn't matter to him at this point, though. Is the other side of it? I think.
0: I think he would be disappointed to see how happy everyone would be if it didn't play out as planned. Hmm.
1: Sure,
0: Sure, but like, I I also clearly so excited. Well, I don't think he's invested much of himself in it. I don't think he's done that with respect to anything. Mm -hmm. But if anybody is happy that it's somebody he doesn't like, that's a bad day for Malfoy. Yeah.
1: And it has, so this has been, whether he actually cares about the specific outcome or not, this has been a demonstration of the power that he still wields in the ministry and kind of among the upper echelons.
0: Mm -hmm. This is a message to all those around him about what happens when you mess with the Malfoy clan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: But again, off camera. So, Mm -hmm.
2: yeah, it's not really a chapter for good things happening to people. it's more just thing. I mean, some bad things happen, but it's more just like happening as opposed Mm -hmm. to, you know, some Mm -hmm. are exalted and some are thrown down.
0: When they're they're taking their tests. No one really has any thoughts other than that when they're taking their any, their annual tests.
1: No, just get through get through the exams, mm-hmm. get through the chapter is kind of where we are.
0: Particularly when you're of my mindset, you go into Trelawney test fully hoping for multiple choice, and instead you get free-form essay in terms of what it's <laughs> expected of you. <laughs>
1: um, so maybe a, a rare no-winner chapter. I think that's fair. It yeah. sets
0: up what could be some no-winner chapters from here.
1: We are in that sort of last... Last thrust of the book, which gets a little wonky on us, yeah, okay. um, so questions:
0: OK, I brought this up previously. I just want to kind of go into it a little bit, um, but Trelawney harassing Harry. this seems to be her hat that she has worn this entire book mm-hmm. as just finding ways to just tell Harry in her most you know Bayou of Louisiana prediction voice, you're going to die. Um, <laughs> Is there any degree by which Harry or any other student, because clearly Harry's got at least two professors that are just after him for their own reasons, can, is there any administrative apparatus that you can go to to complain about unfair treatment by a professor at the school?
1: Um, I mean, I would assume, I think that he would have to go to uh, McGonagall as his head of house. And, I mean, while she has gone to bat for him in various situations before... Like, McGonagall is not super interested in ratting out her fellow teachers, although she clearly does not like Trelawney, which is very funny to me. Um, yeah. But I don't but know, I don't think, like, she doesn't have any enforcement power over them.
2: Right, and I don't think Trelawney doesn't like me is That's the top. That's not a reason. Mm-mm. Right.
0: There's, Trelawney doesn't like me, and there's Trelawney has convinced every other student in the school that I'm going to suffer a violent death before the end of the term.
2: Yeah, but like that's the only interesting thing that's ever going to happen in the class. So she probably does it every year.
1: <laughs> mhm. And in fact, McGonagall has confirmed that she does it every year. Yeah.
2: And Just that's not also not necessarily
1: good. with as much preset narrative around it as Harry mm-hmm. has.
0: I mean, right. there's, there's almost an element of where she just makes a reasonable bet that this is Hogwarts. Some student's going to die each term, and she just picked Harry as being the most likely for that, and is now getting disappointed that it's not happening. So she just keeps coming back to it,
1: as long as she doesn't it, try to make it happen.
0: Right. I'm getting worried. I'm getting worried. <laughs> she totally is channeling voices that are not her own.
1: Yeah. This is, and you know, this is a different. We've hinted at it, but. There is something very clearly different going on in what she has said at the end of this chapter, mm-hmm. or how she has presented that, and again i 'd hate to like continue to come back to the movies in in this chapter, but um like it 's really well done in the movies it 's very clear that like this know something something different is happening here right.
0: Th- yeah. this is true prophecy mm-hmm. this isn 't crystal ball bullshit. Mm-hmm. this is voices from beyond are guiding my hand We might not mm-hmm. know
1: what it means um. But it, it's very clear that it is something true. Oh yeah, it's going
0: to happen. What that, what it is, is a different question. But yes, it, something that, that,
2: it's going to happen. Yeah. B J, you got one. I do. Oh God, I hate that I tone. To set up. <laughs> so, in terms of transfiguration, mm-hmm. what is the transfiguration spell like? What are its limits? What are its powers? And how are it's used? And is it related to, uh, McGonagall's shape-shifting?
1: You mean for like their test of turning the teapot into the tortoise and all of that? Right.
2: And just in general, Mm -hmm. like, is this something that they could have turned, uh, a piece of glassware into a griffin or-
0: (laughs) Is there a limit on this?
2: Right. Like, could they have, like, swapped out Buckbeak and just been like, no, and then, you know, the headsman's act falls down and then it's just like a garden hose.
1: So, yeah, that's interesting. The limits of Transfiguration are one of the less clear. Um,
2: The limits are whatever is necessary for the book.
1: Yeah, although I will say, it does seem to me as we go on that Transfiguration... More than other types of magic is actually related to how powerful you are,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, as to what you can do. And so we get a scene, and this is like a little—I mean, this is a little bit of a spoiler—but um, we get a scene later in the in the last book where McGonagall does some truly crazy stuff that I don't think anyone expected that she, that anyone could do sure. that kind of like powerful magic um, mm. and it is transfiguration related but I think that is meant to be an indication of like McGonagall is not to be messed with yeah but yeah well I was just gonna say it's it is especially because we're dealing with sort of students learning transfiguration it takes a long time to get to the point where we kind of see oh wait um, there is a, a level well, well beyond what we're dealing with in class here um, that is perhaps also a little more useful than t- teapots into tortoises, because I don't really know what the situation is in which you need a tortoise on the fly.
2: I have a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Um, so is her first name a, an apt description of the semi-progression that she has in terms of uh, the books?
1: Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not, I'll have to think about that a little bit, but my initial, it's not, no, it's not far off. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Um. And so is Transfiguration related to her being able to turn into a cat?
1: Um, not, not specifically, although I think that they're... I mean, I think that there is like a correlation in terms of how much power it takes, but we learn more about what is going on with her ability to turn into a cat um, Mm -hmm. in a couple of chapters.
2: Okay.
0: McGonagall strikes me as being probably one of the most low-key powerful people at Hogwarts, Mm -hmm. in a way that you're almost thankful that there's the imposed teaching plan by Dumbledore being very hands-off, as well as what for her is probably 60 years of diligently D- of diligent decorum conditioning. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if she was ever set off, things would burn. Yes. Uh, question about professors: To what degree are they given complete freedom with respect to their tests and lesson plan, or is there any kind of national or at least institutional guidance on this? Do they have to at least make, meet certain check boxes, or are they just really free form for how this goes?
1: They are. It, they are. They can do what they want. Okay. For now.
0: So it really is just. We are going to give you the training necessary to pass your owls and your newts. And that's really the only actual assessment of you as a wizard you're ever going to have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there are, I mean, I assume that they must be teaching to some sort of standard simply because what we, what we learn when Harry and Ron and Hermione actually take their owls um, is that there are independent assessors who come in. So it is like to you know like taking the SAT or something like that it 's not just that test is not something that your teacher cooks up that is an independent assessment
0: so I can almost imagine it being like law school where there 's no real set as mm-hmm. lesson plan or assessment for individual classes, but it would look bad for the school if most of their students don 't pass the bar yes, and they all compare with their percentages and who pass the bar so it 's almost like an institutional pride going into giving you a appropriate education rather than set parameters for it.
1: Absolutely.
2: Which is
0: very British. Yes. Yes. Other questions? Go ahead, Spencer. um, I've got like nine varieties and various series of exclamation mark and question marks on the subject of how Scabbers is in a bottle, which I'm guessing that won't be answered for right now, but hopefully
1: soon. Yeah. Audio medium. You can't see me shaking my head, but I am.
2: (laughs) I think I I I even heard some hair moving. (laughs) No, that seems very petty of you.
1: <clears throat> what? Just move on, Spencer. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Another watch word's me to live by. Um no, I'm good.
2: BJ, last questions from you. Um I think I'm pretty good with this. Uh do we I I guess that is a question. So when do marks come back and how is that like because it seems some of them seem fairly obvious like Mm -hmm. you make it through the obstacle course and some of them are just like well Snape's seems to be grading as they're going Mm -hmm. is there like a report card reveal
1: yeah I think they really go on if I'm remembering correctly from other books where (laughs) we're not quite so busy in this (laughs) post um, post exam time I think there's like a Um, maybe a week or two week break between the Mm -hmm. end of exams and actually getting your results back. So we do have a couple of books where um, like students just get to kind of like wander around the grounds for like two weeks and hang out and just enjoy being at Hogwarts while they wait for their results to come back.
2: right. So does Hermione kill anybody during that week?
1: (laughs) She is on edge pretty consistently.
0: (laughs) Uh, at this point, I think Hermione seriously needs to be doped and just
2: sleep for the two weeks.
1: Uh, just yeah, <laughs> <pretend>. <laughs> Can so she does, go back into that petrification state?
2: Does the just cheering charm like, you. you know, become less effective the more you use it? You know, is is there like a an early period where it works really well, or like is Hermione just like <laughs> sitting?
0: Herm- Hermione's laughing mad in the corner if you try to cast a cheering charm at her right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, it, it does eventually wear off, though. So maybe they've just decided not to do it for. Oh,
2: is that? I wonder if that's related to power. Like, you know, does does a very powerful wizard cast like a minor charm like that, and just somebody's then permanently happy and like I, can't be sad, and it's, it's like.
1: Yeah, I do think that like if you really go overboard with some of these even very simple charms, um, they can like cause permanent sort of damage.
2: I mean, we sure. saw that last book.
1: Yeah, with the memory charm, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's. I mean, that's an extreme. Well, no, that's not even a. That is an example of I think how how that works. Although that charm is also, like at its basis, that charm is meant to be permanent, but it's but usually I, more. It doesn't normally break you. Right. It's yeah. Usually,
0: re- usually assumed to be rather targeted, yes. rather than you just don't have a memory of anything anymore. Yes. Right. I, I'm now left to ponder how Trelawney grades her exams, because, well, the rest of them I can kind of have a hunch for hers. Not a clue. Seems entirely arbitrary. I think she's a Ouija board.
1: I was going to say, she looks into a a crystal ball and whatever it tells me.
2: (laughs) Maybe she looks into a magic eight ball.
1: (laughs) Oh, that would be great.
0: (laughs) Sorry, you have to come back again, it said try again later.
1: (laughs) My two weeks are running out. (laughs) all right so next chapter we have chapter 17 cat rat and dog
2: and we have a very uh interesting picture as our our teaser Mm -hmm. spencer how do you feel about this i'm having to get to it right now my book turned off one second um (laughs) that's a very funny phrase my book turned off (laughs) um what a world i wonder is this the whomping willow
0: yeah that's a tree tree with somebody someone's leg sticking out one side and their hair the other
2: I, well, I was thinking of tail the other, given that tail it's works. cat, rat, and dog, but um, maybe it's just a tree that we don't know anything about, but I assume we'll find out next chapter, or not, because <laughs> sometimes that's how it works.
1: You, I, I can tell you with certainty that you will find out what tree this is next chapter. How about that? How about who's the cat, cat the rat, and the, the dog are? Uh, I don't remember exactly where this chapter ends, but I'm sure that some of that information will be revealed to you, Spencer.
2: Like I'm pretty sure Sarah. the dog might be
0: serious black that's a reasonable bet. Uh, we have a rat <laughs> available and we have a cat available. so I think we 've got all of our all of our actors for the stage let 's just see if it 's the right play
1: hmm. Well, this has been fun, guys
0: Thank as you. usual.